welcome back to the unveiling. Uh, I'm Thomas, or TJ. Uh, this is uh, Kelly Belcher. Hello, guys. And we go ahead and introduce yourself. Me. Nathan Vaughn. Nathan Vaughn. And Josh Vaughn. Josh Vaughn. We got the Vaughns in the Josh, house. Josh, you can come up to this one if you want to. Or you just, yeah, it's up to you. That, um, we have, if you remember, we've had Nathan, um, he has not been with us for a couple of weeks because he had to, he had a prior engagement that he had to be at, but he is the one that we have had that um, some of you had talked and asked questions about uh, that he has authored uh, his book, and my mind just went blank, what was the name of your book? Kingdom Exposed. Kingdom Exposed, um, that we had talked about a couple of times on the show about how to fight spiritual warfare and where the warfare had came from and things like that, which um, goes hand in hand with everything that we're talking about in the last days, because if there's ever a time that spiritual warfare is on the rise, it is right now, today. Um, there is more evil present today than probably there ever has been, I would say, in the history of the world, because we're in the end of the great fight and warfare that began um, in the beginning. And so we are seeing the, the climax of the warfare, and we're seeing a lot of uh, we're seeing a lot of spiritual warfare against people's mind, against their spirits. Um, you know, uh, we're, we're, you're, a lot of times when people think about warfare, they don't realize that warfare comes in a lot of different ways. Um, and then when they think about end-time prophecy, they, we, you know, we think about a lot of the things that it says in, in Revelation or if it says in Daniel, but we don't, we don't think about the fact that it says that people... Uh, will portray each other, that that is a end-time prophecy, that um, that people will fight and there will be no peace. We, don't, we, we forget that that's an end-time prophecy, that lack of peace on the earth is an end-time prophecy, uh, that the people, the Bible says, will be lovers of self more than lovers of God, and that they will be, um, they'll consider nothing sacred, that they'll betray one another. All these things are also end-time prophecies where it talks about the last days and the way that people will be in the last days. And so um, we're going to talk about a, a little bit of uh, stuff like that uh, today, and we're going to talk about some things that are going on in the world and some headlines. And we were actually talking before um, we even started the podcast, uh, we were already talking about some of the cool stuff uh, that's in the Bible that a lot of people don't even realize that it is in the Bible. And um, and we'll, I want us to talk a little bit about that and realize that uh, the Bible and history and science, they they honestly, all everything always proves the Bible. People just don't realize that, that even the stories I've talked maybe a little bit about it in the past of Greek mythology and Roman mythology and um, even Egyptian mythology, all these things prove the Word of God. Yeah. And I've said before, I have heard people that are agnostics and atheists and things like that say, well, you know, the things that some of these things that they talk about in, in Babylonian history and all that, these things happened before Jesus and the Egyptian um, history where it talks about Isis and uh, Osiris and Horus. And they're like, you know, this this came before Jesus. So this is where they get the story of Jesus from. Um, because And, you know, when I, when I went to Egypt to... Um, I had talked to some, when I had began to talk to some of the people there, they had been, all that they had only ever known about what we believe as Christians was what they had gotten from the Roman Catholic Church when Rome came in and invaded um, Alexandria, Egypt, after the Greece, um, when all they knew was what the Romans Catholics taught them. And so they thought that the Trinity of God 
was God, Mary, and them having Jesus together in a in a union together. And so they were, you know, they thought that and they thought that they had gotten that story from Osiris and um, Isis and Horus of the Egyptian stories that goes also back to Babylon. But what we don't realize is that Lucifer, he was in heaven before he came. He got he was thrown down uh, out of heaven, and he knows the story. He knows who Jesus was. He knows the, about the Trinity, and he knows that God is a three-in-one being, and um, that Jesus is not a byproduct of God uh, and a woman, uh, you know, having relations, that Jesus was 100% the DNA of God. God took his DNA and put it into the belly of a human woman, and she gave birth to it, but Jesus was 100% the DNA of God. That's the reason he uses the word son, is because a son is, is someone that comes out of you, but if in when you have a child with somebody else, they're half of your DNA and half of the other person's. Jesus was 100% all the DNA of God. That's why he is God, yet he's considered a son of God because he was taken out of God and put into another being. And so he was put into the flesh of a human so that he could defeat the flesh. And Satan knew that, and he knew from the very beginning the plan of God and what God was going to do to counteract what he did in the garden. And so, of course, he made false Christ from the very beginning. He made, from Babylon to Egypt, he he tried to do the story of God and Jesus, um, tried to do it before Jesus was even born so that he could try to discredit God. But what he didn't realize is the fact that every religion has almost the same story actually proves God. It proves the story is true because people from all these different religions from all these different places have heard the same lie from the devil. And this same story has came into different forms. And that just shows that it was the way that the enemy has tried to mimic the truth because you can't have a counterfeit if you have not had an original. Um, and so to counterfeit something means that, that was at that one point there is an original that you're trying to counterfeit. So I've heard so many agnostics and different people like that try to say, well, you know, Jesus is just a byproduct of getting it from other religions. No, Satan was trying to replicate the story of God in order to try to put doubt in people's mind of who Jesus and who God was. The difference is there is historical proof that Jesus Christ lived on this earth and he did the miracles that he did. If you even talk to Jewish people, and I've spoken with them that um, just believe that he was a prophet, they will still tell you, oh, he walked on water. He, uh, he, he, we know that because it's historical documents that he did these things and they are true. Um, the life of Jesus is not even considered mythology because there is documented proof and there's eyewitnesses to everything that he did. And so he's considered history when all these other gods that came before him are considered mythology because there's, they don't have the proof of that, that they were there. So on that note, um, we get to where we're at, the, the, the book of Isaiah says that he'll tell you the end from the beginning. And so that's that's where I'm going back with that at, is everything that happened in the beginning has something to do with what's happening now at the end. We It all started, um, and I'll have to throw that out there with my book, it all started with the war between God and the enemy. The, there was a war between God's seed and the enemy's seed. And we're now at the climax of that war at the, at the last days, we're seeing 
it all began to transpire and, and take place. And so it is, it is one of the most, to me, and people said I'm crazy, but I said this to somebody the other day, it's fascinating to live right now. It's a horrible time to live right now because you're living in a, in a terrible time, but it is fascinating to someone who loves the story of the Bible and loves to, that has read prophecy and to watch it unfold. To me, it's fascinating. And, um, and, and, and there, I know that God um, has us, I, I know that, but I, I, I'm not going to say that we're not ever going to have to go through anything because, you know, it would be unjust if, if God said, okay, well, y'all don't have to go through anything, but, you know, all these other people throughout history have had to go through trials and tribulations and things like that to stand firm until the end. I'm not saying that we won't have to go through anything, but I, can, I know this, that we will not have to go through his wrath. And I am okay with going through the enemy's wrath as long as I'm not under God's wrath. God's wrath is when it's, when things get bad. And so, you know, we may have to go through some tribulations. We may have to go through some issues and some troubles in our life. And the worse that this Antichrist spirit that is upon the earth begins to take form, the more the warfare is going to be engaged in your life. And it's going to be a time to where people are going to have to take stands. And that brings me... Two, um, the I, I sent it to you on your messenger gauge. Um, that, that it just stood up to me that there is, you know, we were talking about it before. Where last year, some of these medical workers and 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 nurses and things like that, they were considered heroes. That's not it, but we'll get to that. Um, they were considered heroes, um, and everybody was loving them, and you know, they were on the front line workers and. And they worked for over a year treating people that had this contagion, this sickness. By the way, guys, we try, we always mess up, but we try not to say the up. words. We try to say so jab um, because we got kicked off of YouTube. Um, YouTube's super political. Yeah. So um, we try not to say the certain words, but these people, they were treating people this whole time. And if they survived and didn't, either they got sick and now they've got antibodies. Or either they've somehow, you know, didn't get sick this whole time. They've survived this whole time, but now they're telling them that they will lose their jobs if they're not forced or mandated to get something. Well, they didn't have it last year, um, and they made it. But so now it's becoming uh, mandated. And so some of these people, there's reasons, um, uh, spiritual Christian reasons, the Holy Spirit may have, may have quickened them and tell them not to have, be a part of this or take it. Uh, it could have been health things. Um, there's a lot of people with autoimmune diseases and things like that where doctors tell them that this is not good to do. Um, um, and so they're telling them that they have to or they lose their job. And so we see here that there's pe medical um, people that are walking out. And I love the scripture that they're using. They're, they're, they're making a walkout. And they're using the scripture that where God tells them that if you are not accepted in an, a place or you're rejected in a place, it tells them to knock the dust off of your shoes um, as a testimony against that place and that God will bring judgment on them. And they left that on the note on their shoes. I don't know if you can click or zoom in. Um, blue, oh, you can't zoom in on the team. Who can see better than me? The blue teeny shoes. These. Yeah. It says, and if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, leave that place and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. She was an RN for 15, for 15 years. 15 years, yeah. 
Yeah, there's some that was um, 30 years. Yeah, that one's 30. That we're looking at that they, um, nine years. Three years, eight years, the, nine years, yeah, 13. The, and you know what? Um, I just want to say kudos to these guys mm -hmm. because you stood up for liberty. You stood up and you wouldn't be bullied. Man, if if, if everybody would do that. I know, if even a yeah. fraction, even 10% 10, 10 would do it. Well, 10% probably will. Mm. Yeah, like mm. I, I was going to say. 10% of the church or 10% of the world? The world. Mm. I think, and these are the people that are doing it first, but I do I agree with you that more people will have to face and make that stand. Mm -hmm. I think it's coming for a lot of people. In Australia, they said by October 10th, which I hate that they're using my birthday for this, they're telling, they're making it mandatory that a lot of workers, I mean a lot of workers in all different fields will either have to be mandated that they're going to get this or they all lose their job. Well, Australia be has become Australia has become the new Nazi capital. Yeah. It, it's bad. Yeah. I've got yeah. friends that are in Australia, and they have been locked up for a long time. Um, and they've got drones flying around everywhere, and they can't leave their house. And if they leave their house, they get to leave for an hour a day. I mean, it is it. It's Australia has become terrible. Yeah, Australia, I just heard on the radio, just uh, on the way here, that in Australia the government's implementing some type of program to where they have to. They, the government will text their phone, and they have to reply with a photo of themselves in their home or wherever they're supposed to be. And if they don't reply within, like, 15 minutes or something, then the, the, an alert system will notify the police to go and find them if they're not where mm. they're supposed to be. That's crazy. And, yeah. and that's Australia. That's, that's not crazy. North Korea. That's Australia. Well, being here in America, there's a lot of rights that, are not, that have not been messed with yet that still protect us that other countries don't have any such rights. Yeah, so far. But they're taking them away. They took away, our, well, we know they took away our freedom of speech because they're um, putting things on everybody's post saying that you can't um, say that or that's wrong. Or, you can't even pray in, uh, on YouTube. You get caught in a video. You can't say God. One prayer. Mm -mm, you can't say nothing religious on YouTube. Boom, done. At all. They and that's a out. lifetime ban. That's not even a, let me warn you once, yeah. let me warn you twice. No, right. you're out. And it's on it's on the YouTube. If you go to YouTube and you look up your rules, the rules it says that it says praying on right. there that you're kicked off for praying. That um, this is this is how bad it's getting. And we talked about I believe one week that they're getting to where they're going to do it to your cell phone text messages. Like if if I was texting one of you and was like, hey, did you hear this and this and this? And they didn't want you to know the information. They would send out another little alert like they do on Facebook that says that this information is not true. Uh, on our personal text messages. So we can pretty much chalk it up to we've lost the freedom of speech. That, that freedom is gone. They are, um, they, it's, if people are crazy, if they do not believe that it is coming again where they are going to try to shut down the churches, um, they were, it, it probably will not hit where we're at. Um, as quick as it has other places. You know, I was just asking, and someone had informed me that they're thinking about, uh, or they, they had just heard on the news that it was worse because the coronavirus spread outbreak. You said the word. Oh, excuse me. Uh, the infection. <laughs> I want to apologize in advance because don't, don't, It'll come out. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm sure it will. <laughs> we mess up every time. We just try not to. They haven't been good since the big, since that yeah, first couple of episodes. That was just YouTube. Okay. But here's the thing that we're just talking about it, how it's revamped up and they think it's going to, uh, how, how much worse it is. It's 2021 is so much worse than 2020. And I'm thinking, well, we shut down the entire world and it's half as bad then 
and it's twice as bad now. What's going on? Why are we not shutting down again? If they're if they're so amped up about this whole uh, infection being spread so much more so. I mean, it's nothing but a fear tactic, though. It's 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 all fear. An obvious. It's an obvious attack. Yes. With fear and control, and and, and people who don't see that, these nurses seen it. These doctors have seen it. Well, they're seeing liberties be taken away too. That um, I, mean, I can't get into the details of it because it's too much to get into. Mm-hmm. But I write in my I write in my book about the genes and DNA and mutations, things like that. And I wrote a theory in my book about certain genetic mutations that are only found in European people, um, mainly. Unless somebody has, of course, you know, have European blood in them, but they may not look European. But Europe is, all these things are mainly in European people. And I talk about certain gene mutations. And I just want to say this, guys, I w- talked about it in my book that I believe that certain people with this gene, that there is a certain gene in people, the MCCR5 Delta 32 gene mutation, that if you have one of those gene mutations, you may be able to get AIDS, you may be able to get coronavirus. The contagion. You may be able to. You may be able to um, get animal sicknesses, but you will not get sick sick from them. You will just barely get sick from them. If you have two of these gene mutations, you won't be able to get sick from it at all. Now, this was a theory when I when I wrote my book. I, this was a theory that I had. How many years ago? Oh, Lord, I don't even know. Like a, before it all happened, um, um, it was right when it when the contagion had just came out, but before any of the jabs had been came out but i was talking about how my theory was that with this gene mutation called the viking gene mutation that it that this that if you had two of them you couldn't even get it at all because they have found out that people with aids they did a they did a blood a bone marrow transplant and i was just telling you um ago about your bone marrow is where your dna is made and they did a bone marrow transplant on a man and they gave that was um, that had these mutant um, European genes, and they gave it to another man and cured AIDS. Um, they gave him a bone marrow transplant, put the gene mutation in him, and cured him of AIDS. Now the problem came up with that later they checked, and he now had the exact same DNA as the guy that donated the bone marrow. It changed the guy's DNA completely to the other guy's DNA. And um, I was talking to you about how as Gentiles. Um, we were come from Genesis 6, what happened with the giants. We, it, was, it, it caused a gene mutation to happen in our book of life. Your DNA is called your book of life. And so we did not have the same DNA as the people that God created did. We had a mutated DNA. Our book of life had been mutated and manipulated. And so God says you must be born again. You must be born of the Spirit. And I talk about how that when the Holy Spirit comes into a person, that it gets into the marrow of our bones. Uh, Jeremiah said it's like fire shut up in his bones. And the Bible says that when a dead man was thrown on the bones of Elisha, that the dead man resurrected because the Spirit was in the bones. Well, but that's because when God says you must be born of the Spirit, the Spirit gets into the marrow of your bones, and you begin to have your DNA changed and that's how we get our names written in the Lamb's Book of Life because it's His DNA. Well, they were created from the image of God. And as Gentiles, we were not created in the image of God. So we have to get a new DNA that only comes by the Spirit of God. And this proved it scientifically because this guy got this guy's bone marrow 
and suddenly his his whole DNA changed. What's fantastic about it was the first part of his DNA that began to change was the part of his DNA that went into um, fertility, so that it would go into his lineage. So now, if he has children, it carries his children will carry that other guy's um, DNA because it took it, but it did cure him of AIDS. So I talked about it in my book about how I had a theory that this gene mutation is what they were going to one day <clears throat> say was, was going to cure this thing. And they would want to put it in people. This is the gene mutation that caused um, uh, people to have blue eyes, red hair, blonde hair. This is the, um, <clears throat> the gene mutation that causes people to have RH negative blood. Uh, I'm getting somewhere with this. But this, this gene mutation, then later on, the Dr. Oz show, I talked about it in one of the shows that we did, he got on and he began to talk about the same gene mutation that I had wrote about a year before. And he was saying this could cure corona because it cures AIDS and it could also give you blue eyes. You know, he even, he even says that on the show. So um, I say all that to say this. <clears throat> As Europeans, guys, if you're RH negative blood, if that means that you're missing the rhesus factor that is um, found in warm-blooded animals. Rhesus comes from the word, from the rhesus monkey because, you know, evolution says we're all kin. Um, but all humans and, and earth-bound animals carry a rhesus factor in their blood as a protein. But there is only 15% of the world, which is European people, that are missing this rhesus factor. And it's called blue blood. It just so happens to be that Bill Gates and all the American presidents and all the royalty of, um, of the European empire, they're, they're all have the same blood type. They're all RH negative blood. If you have that RH negative factor in your blood, you are already not going to get really sick with this virus because it is even on 23andMe now. But now when I came up with it and was talking about it, nobody had heard of it yet, but the Holy Spirit had revealed it to me. But now it's even on the 23andMe site where it'll tell you if you have one of these mutations, you, you won't get sick with corona. If you have two of these mutations, you won't get sick at all. So now it's came out and they're saying it. What I, what I put in my book and said was a conspiracy theory from myself has now came to life that it is real, and they're saying that, it really, that, that that Gentile gene will stop you. But the fear is what is killing people. And people may say, I don't believe that. I'm telling you this, that God showed this to me. Them telling everybody that people are dying automatically makes you believe, oh no, if I get this, I'm, I could die. So what do you do? You put faith in what they told you. The Bible says faith comes by hearing. That don't just mean good faith, it's bad faith. If I believe what I hear and I put faith in what I hear, whatever I have faith in is going to be manifested. So if I hear the news say that I'm going to get this and I'm going to die, I have just manifested faith. And that means... I'm going to get sick and I'm immediately going to think, oh God, I'm going to die, I'm going to die. And it will come and it will manifest outward. And so a lot of people are getting real sick from this because they are having faith in the fear. Mm. But guys, I can tell you right now, if you look it up, you can find it for yourself. If you are European and you have blue eyes, if you have red hair, blonde hair, if you have RH negative blood, you've at least got one of those gene mutations. You're not supposed to die from this. I mean, I'm, I'm being honest with you. There's a reason it's called the crown because the royals all have this and they know they ain't going to die. 
They know that it's not going to take their life. It, it is a Nazi type, um, uh, the strong survive type mentality that is going on once again, history repeating itself. If you don't believe me, I, I ask you, look it up. Research it for yourself. It's called the MCCR5 Delta 32 gene mutation or the Viking gene mutation. Look it up and see if it doesn't say that it makes you immune to animal-borne diseases, and it does. And you'll see that very few people have both. But if you have one, you may lose your taste or smell, get sniffly, but it's not going to cause the blood clots and the sicknesses that it does in other people. It is more prevalent in people that do not have the European bloodline. I wanted to get that out there and say that because a friend of mine called me last night um, kind of freaking out and saying, I think I'm really sick. I've, I've got it. You know, I've got, uh, I got the contagion. I'm sick. And I told them, I said, you're letting fear make you sicker. I said, get up, cough, take a deep breath, take some vitamin D, vitamin C, and I was like, and you're going to be fine. And, and you know, within just talking uh, to her for a few minutes, she was already better. It was the fear was overtaking mm -hmm. her. Yeah. And I think that that's causing a lot of the issues. Guys, quit being afraid that you're going to die because then you allow yourself to walk in fear. And what did Job say? He said, the, the thing that I feared the most has come upon me. Yeah. It's what we, when we let fear in, we open the door for everything else right. to come and attack us. Um, you talk about opening doors, I think, even in your book, with stuff right. like that. Yes. Why, why do we think the devil does that? Um, the, the devil will, he uses fear as a, I almost say that fear is almost like a doorstop. Well, even more than that, you know, the devil doesn't, I don't, I, I mean, you correct me if you disagree with me, but uh, from what I understand, you know, the devil either don't or can't create. He has to mimic, mock, and, and pervert. Yes, you're right. Because mm. heaven, heaven and hell are mirrors of each other, just like mm -hmm. earth. Um, so, you know, and I was going to mention this earlier about how you said that when you when you have the covering of God over you, it changes your DNA. Well, the devil can't necessarily hit you the same way. So he has to pervert and mirror what God's trying to do, mm -hmm. which sounds an awful lot like what you're talking about with yes. the DNA change and everything else. As in the days of Noah. Right. He's, he's, he's trying to. Jesus came and reversed what he did during the times of Noah. He came in and perverted, and it left, if you'll, if, if you'll realize it in the Old Testament, the, the, the Gentiles had no choice. They had no chance. They died. They, you know, the Jewish people could make a sacrifice um, for theirs and cover it because their sin was outward. But the, the Gentiles had no redemption. It wasn't until Jesus came that he offered Gentiles redemption um, because he adopted us. And, and just like Romans says, we were, the, we were the wild branch that he grafted into that vine. We were the, we were, he, and he even says, you were, you're, your dad was the devil. Um, he, and, the, and I think it's in Isaiah, he says that I saw you as a baby laying there and you were left in a field abandoned, bloody. And he said so the devil used us as a, as a fight against God. The Gentiles were brought here to try to dirty up the bloodline so Jesus couldn't come through a pure bloodline. Um, we were here just to make us a weapon, and then he abandoned us. Um, the Lucifer wanted nothing to do with us, so we were just stuck. We were orphans. Yeah. And Jesus said, you know, God, he prophesied us the Gentiles being delivered because he says, I saw you naked laying there and, 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 and abandoned, and he said, I picked you up and I cleaned you off and I wrapped you up and I took you home and I took care of you. And that's what he did to us. He, he reversed. Lucifer tried to come in and destroy God's children by putting his nature on them. And God flipped the script. And he already won 
because he came and he put his nature on the devil's children and he flipped he flipped it again so now satan's trying to go back to doing he thought he was almost one you got to think about it in genesis he almost he came this close because it says as in, in the days of noah the whole earth was evil and people's yeah. minds were continually on evil constantly yeah. and he said but noah but noah was a perfect man in his day and that word perfect means whole and genetically unaltered. That word literally means whole, genetically sound and unaltered. Because Noah, but he had gotten the whole world to, to, to get into this except for Noah. And so God saved the bloodline that Jesus could come through and kept that bloodline pure because of one man. And, and so it all tells the story of Jesus. Noah represented that one man that would come and save us all. And then the, the gene snuck into the boat through Ham's wife. Uh, we know that because it was through Ham's lineage that the Canaanites, the all the giant nations came. Yeah, it's, um, also, it's also why we can't eat ham nowadays. has nothing to do with that. <laughs> that um, but it is funny that his name was Ham. Yeah. That, um, but anyway, we, we see here that now he, he's trying to do it again. As in the days of mm -hmm. Noah, he is once again trying to corrupt the book of life that are... Our our DNA tells everything about us. It it tells who we are, you know. Um, and if you look up DNA, there's certain letters that are in the DNA. And if you look it up, it's kind of deep, but um, it kind of spells out the name of God in the human DNA. And so he's trying to mess with it. And anytime you get to messing with DNA, um, you're messing with what God did. Yeah. And that's where. And, and I don't know. Um, I don't even know if Gage can get to it, but I shared where they're yeah, making human. I was just about to bring it up. Uh, can you pull it up? Have y'all heard Gage about can that? Do it while I'm oh, talking. What is it? So check it out. You ever seen? You got Netflix, right? Mm -hmm. You ever heard or seen? Gage, what's that? What's that show you watch? Sweet, Sweet Tooth. Tooth? Oh, I have seen that come up. Yeah. Well, they're doing yeah. it in Japan. They're in Japan. making human uh, animal embryos. March fifteenth, twenty twenty one. Japanese government extends support to create human animal hybrid. Yeah, I've heard of that. Well, you know, we were we were talking about that earlier when we were talking about how uh, you know the misinterpretation of the Greek gods actually being a, a race of you know very possibly because I mean the Bible says the giants had fantastical features. Yeah, and yeah. here you know their their mythology is riddled with. Half bull, half man, half horse, half man. Which is what the angels look like. Right. If you look, if you look up cherubim angels, that's what they look like. I mean, that angels may just be a theory, but it's oh, know. it's the no, it's the truth. It's one hundred percent. There's no way that it can even. Well, the Bible says it. Genesis six says Nephilim's, and it says these are the famous ones of renown that you've heard about. He was saying these are your Greek and Roman gods. He that's what he was saying. These are your famous ones of renown, the ones that that people talk about that they thought were, and they all became god. They all became kings, like King Og, Abation. We were talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. um, they they were all kings because they were considered. Um, royalty because they came from the gods there's that little embryo little sick looking embryo i want to go back though for a minute something keeps nagging me that we kind of shifted off of it before i had a chance to mention it but i think it's an it may not even be relevant but it's an important point to make talking about uh heaven and hell mimicking or uh, mirroring each other is and I actually got this from his book, and it's something that blew my mind. And Wait a minute, you read your dad's book? Well, I helped proofread it for him. Say something to my oh, kids about oh, that, yeah. because they this haven't read mine. Thing. I proofread it for him. I had to, I mean, his spelling was so bad, I had to proofread it just so that the publisher could make sense out of it, so he could proofread it. Listen, I, I did, I, me and my friend Sandy, we proofread about almost half or three quarters of mine, 
And then by the time we got towards the end of it, I said, oh, don't worry about it. <laughs> we didn't even fix the end of it. So I, don't even, I haven't even read my own yet. <laughs> I had to I had to right click so much on it. He would he would have it would be spotted with red jagged lines. I would right click and correct and it. And his book's way bigger than my book. Oh man. And it, the whole he would have he would have a run on paragraph four pages long. I'd so do run on. <laughs> so it would it would after I right click the red squiggle, the whole thing would turn green. And after four or five times of right clicking, the squiggles would just go away. It was Who just to you, man, for doing that. It was like the computer said, look, man, I don't know either. See, All I can say is thank you for educated <laughs> proofreaders. Yeah. Uh, yeah editors. No yeah, no kidding. But one of the things his his book brought to my attention was, and you mentioned, uh, you know, I, I guess in essence of what you were getting at was the, the other side of the placebo effect of socking yourself out and, and your body mimicking those symptoms. Yes. Is... If heaven and hell mirror each other, it would kind of stand to reason that you, you know, God said that your your word is like a double-edged sword, and he stresses it over and over and mm -hmm. over and over yeah. to not not even an idle word, mm -hmm. which would be, yes. which is something else I'd never thought of. I'm in a group called Fuel. It's a men's group that meets every Wednesday night here, and they're all over the place. But um, I heard it mentioned one time, it said, you know, a lot of people are trying to be polite, and I mean, I think they mean it, but you hear a lot of people say, I'll pray for you, yes, and they, then they, they don't actually do it. That counts as an idle word. Oh, that's good. That is an that's idle good. word. That's a good thought. If you good. have to, even if it's on accident, if you just happen to forget, if you need to, stop what you're doing, do it, do right, it right there. That's then. what I was trying to do. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Because I get, it got on my nerves because people would say that. Right. It's, then, it kind of feels like it's a... It's, a, it's uh, fake. Yeah. It's, it's what the Bible says where you, you're of lip service, but your heart's far from it. It's like some people are seriously going through something. And I, I always try... My big thing, this is my big thing, is treating people the way you want to be treated. Right. It's like before, I always think about, how, okay, how would I feel in that situation? And there's been times that I was desperate for people to pray. Like, I wanted people, to, and I didn't want to hear people say, I'm going to pray, and then nobody really pray, you know? And so I remind myself of that every time somebody asks for prayer, and I remind myself, now, how did you feel when you right. were desperately asking people for prayer? And so I stop right then, even if I'm right in the middle of doing something, and I say something, what are you pulling up? Well, this is why I think prayer is actually so <laughs> important, because, you know, with your word being mm -hmm. a double-edged sword, which, mm -hmm. which implies, you know, it can work for you or against you, mm -hmm. you know, if... Uh, now, you correct me if I'm wrong on this. I don't know this exactly, but in my mind, it's you know, it's basically implying that we have the power of creation through our tongue as well. It's a gift we that God gave life, us. Yeah. But you can also yeah. speak a curse. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Speaking life, speak death. Speak a blessing, speak curse. If yes. you tell somebody that my back's killing me, well, technically you're speaking death over yourself. That's true. That's 100% fact. Um, so when the Bible says, do not call them a fool, you know, yeah, I guess fool would work. But, I mean, we joke around all the time. You're such an idiot, you know. Yeah. I mean, belittling someone is speaking death over that person. Well, so, well some people are idiots. Idiots just mean, <laughs> Well, I don't disagree. Idiot, idiots just means that they're unlearned. But if you call them a fool, but, but a fool is like saying you're too stupid to be able to learn. Right, right. You know, ignorant, being an idiot just means you're ignorant. ignorant I'm ignorant to, to Chinese. I can't speak Mandarin Chinese, um, so I'm ignorant to that, yeah, sure. you know. Yeah. But that don't mean I'm ignorant to everything. I'm just ignorant in that area because I'm unlearned in it. But mm -hmm. um, don't take idiot from me. I like calling people idiots. Yeah, I know. Let's I, just, I, stick, I, let's I mean, just stick with the full My part. execution's not flawless by any means, but it's it's definitely. But no, and, and the I'm like, you of, idiot. In the interest of spiritual warfare, which is something that I got from his book, was that, and it blew my mind because it's something that stays with me every time that I have I see it, but. 
Um, you know, you open doors with your words just as yes. easily as you do your actions. Sin opens doors with basically gives authority to the enemy to do what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. But if you are praying, that gives the angel the authority to do That's what right. he needs. I mean, think mm-hmm. about the Bible with the, the story in the Bible of the Prince of Persia. Yeah, Daniel. And how he had to, that, that angel had to have the authority to fight that principality. Yes. He had to go back and get an angel of equal rank to fight him. And it took several days for him to get that blessing because of that. Now, mm-hmm. manager of Daniel would have been like, blankety blank, blank. <laughs> Giving up gonna, before yeah. the, it got to him. And then now all, all mm-hmm. of a sudden, that demon gets that, that authority. And mm-hmm. I mean, you, it's, that's a very important point that I got from his book that. Every day I see opportunities. Again, my execution is not flawless. but And talking about that, you realize how many people, and maybe sometimes in our lives, that how we have okay, gotten just... to the point of almost getting to the, the victory, the answer that we're looking for, yeah. or the deliverance that we're looking for, and then we give up. We give up on that last moment. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right before it reaches you. That's what I've always told people. I said, imagine if every time you spoke um, and, and prayed something and believed it, the angels get the answer and they're bringing it. But maybe it's tied up mm-hmm. between the spiritual and the physical. It takes a minute. That's why the Bible says faith is whatever we've asked for that has not yet appeared. We're not seeing it yet, but it's on its way. And it takes a minute for it to mm-hmm. register from the spiritual to the natural. And so while it's on its way, if we give up and we quit speaking faith, then the angels have to stop. And they have to wait until we're able to receive it again because we can't receive anything from God without having faith. And so And faith is a big part of authority. Right. I mean, you, so, authority yeah, matters. Smart. I mean, what was it? What was it? Uh, who was it? I think it was you that told me about it how I don't remember the details of the story, but there was somebody that they had a uh, they were having a lot of paranormal activity in their home and and I, I don't know who it was. I love the and, fact that you call it paranormal activity. I mean, it's. I it mean, is, that's the right word. I mean, it is what it is. I don't believe it's Aunt Mary from a hundred years ago. It's, no, a, it's, it's a demonic well, influence. Yeah, when you're, the Bible says well, when you die, you go it. one way or the other, yeah. and we do deal with a lot of it. But wasn't it you that told me that there was somebody that was uh, asking, "What is your name?" And he said, "You don't have the authority to ask me what my name is." That was the demon that was did. on a that was on a video. Yeah, I mean, authority matters. If uh-huh. you if you have. If you have that kind of thing going bump in the night and you have the right doors opened in your life and you're not where you need to be spiritually, not only are you setting yourself up, but you might not have the authority to get rid of it. And it's knowing your authority. Right. It's the, like right. if you like that if I've seen people that were Christians, but they were almost afraid of um, the demonic, mm-hmm. spiritual. And so they would be almost scared to pray for people or cast the demons out or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's like, if you know who you are in God, then they know you know who you are in this God. This is the guy that created the most, uh, the black hole, the, the, the strongest force in the universe that can collapse reality itself, and yet we're still afraid. Yeah. I heard a minister one time in a Pentecostal church. He was preaching, and, and he was talking along the lines that we are now. And he said, basically, I'm going to be the first one to hit the front door and get out of here oh if something Lord. like that happens. I'm thinking, You know why he says why? that? Because he ain't living right. Exactly. Because he knows, that, he knows that the devil can't cast out the devil. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. if, if, I've heard people say, do you think Christians can, can need deliverance 100%? I know they can't. Why do I know it? I don't care what anybody tells you because for the last... 15 years, 
we've cast devils out of people that I know have given their life to God. But we're a three in one being, and we have a soul, we have a flesh, and you get a new spirit when you become born again. God puts his spirit in you, and that's in your spirit, man, but you still have a soul, man, and you still have a flesh that can be bound down with mm-hmm. generational curses, sicknesses, issues, traumas in your mind uh, from things that have went on in your life. A, a lot of, almost every Christian I know has had to be delivered from traumatic experiences that causes demonic spirits like sharks. They're att- mm-hmm. they are attracted to that trauma, to that blood. And, and I don't care what anybody says. I have prayed deliverance over many. And when I say many, I'm talking in the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people that had given their life to God and as a part of walking out their salvation, God began to deliver them mm-hmm. and bring things out of them and heal things off of them. And churches are slapped full of Christians who have demonic spirits attacking their life and they don't get deliverance because one, there's not enough of the presence of God in the church, not because you can feel a chill bump or a song. Um, oh that, no, it's a physical feeling. I mean, I've... Uh, there's a church that my dad used to go to in Sneed, Alabama, that, uh, you know, it, it says something to me that I've seen more negative influence spiritually than I've seen the positive as far as paranormal stuff goes. But there was that one Sunday that this woman walked in. And, I mean, her eyes were just, there was a shadow over her. I mean, she walked in the door mocking us. And yeah, it happens here. <laughs> he, 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 the preacher, the, he stopped the service and started speaking past her directly to the spirit. And before the day was over, he, I mean, we had people laying hands on her. I mean, I had never seen anything like that before in my life. Every week here, buddy. It's, it was, it's I mean, every week. <laughs> never, but you know, there's we don't also, ever get off week. there's this, there, when you have the, when you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, you get this, this, I call them juju vibes. Yeah. You get this, it's almost like you've oh, got you an... you feel the devil when they Oh, yeah, especially when it's in some... And they know it, you too. Oh, we know. You know, you'll walk into Walmart and when you <laughs> have that... They'll be mean. Oh, yeah. You'll, you'll... I mean, I've walked through Walmart before and me and this other person will lock eyes and they know what I am and I know what they are. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of vampires and werewolves. Kind of, yeah. You know how they're like... That would... Um, that, that, but that's what it reminds me of. It's like there's something inside of them that just hates your guts. And you feel it because you get this overwhelming feeling like, I don't belong here. I need to get out of here. But you have to fight that that impulse. Now, the problem is, is that you've got some of us that are spirit-filled that are going into Walmart and, and demons are manifesting. But then you have churches where people are coming into them every service and there's never a manifestation. Mm-hmm. That's an issue to me. That drives me insane because it is the job of the church to set the captive free. And don't think that the devil don't sit on the pew next to you while you're in that sanctuary. There's people in every church and every, I don't care where you're at, that need deliverance. Every there's You've got too many people that are dealing with anxiety and you may say anxiety is not a demonic spirit. It 100% is. I have it. Because it is a and spirit is. of fear. And the Bible says, do not be anxious for anything. God would not tell you not to be anxious if it was something that was okay to be. It, the Bible says not to be. It is a demonic mm-hmm. spirit. I have had to, um, I've prayed it over so, so many people. So many people deal with mental illnesses of some sort nowadays. It's like, it's 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 a, it's an epidemic um, of, of bipolarism, manic depression, anxiety. Um, I mean, it's just, there's, it's, it's, a, it's so bad in these last days. And 
the reason I know for a fact that these things are demonic spirits is because we cast them out all the time. Mm -hmm. Well, not to mention that when you take that same person to the doctor, they'll spend four years and the doctor still can't figure out what's wrong with them. They can't figure out where it's coming from. And guys, here's the thing. You don't have to stay medicated all the time and go to the doctor and try to fight these things off. A lot of people, they don't get deliverance because they don't want to believe that it's that. But if there's a chance that you can get prayed for and tell it to leave and you're cured, then why not do it? You know, why not get deliverance from it? Why not just try to convince yourself that that's not what's wrong? When it, when I promise you, we've seen people that have been completely delivered from these issues that they've had. And mind, the torment of the mind is the worst thing. That is a slavery. It's an oppression. And, and it, I mean, it's, it's torments. Well, mm-hmm. and think about it from this point too. I have yet, I have yet to find a way that the book that you know exodus and moses and his story how it does not apply to just about everything yeah, it, sure it is one of the most important mm-hmm. stories i've read yet there it, it, i mean it's easy to it's easy to take those stories and vilify the hebrews for how they were acting and what they did but you got to look at mm-hmm. how one sin does not outweigh another yeah one addiction is not worse than another addiction is addiction sin is sin right. but when you have people that have been under oppression and bondage for 400 years Imagine how Moses had his work cut out for him, trying to shift their brain out of that bondage mentality and accept the. I mean, they. I feel more sorry for Moses than anybody. I mean, a spiritual bondage is no different, but you know, it's it's not as it's not as visible as what a physical. But it's the exact same. Well, what they did in the Old Testament, the physical, is what we as as now in the New Testament we do in the spiritual. Everything in the Old Testament is a foreshadow of of the New Testament of the spirit. What we go through the spiritual. I was explaining it when I was explaining um, to someone about salvation the other day because a lot of people don't realize that we are born again unto salvation. It drives me nuts that people don't get that. We are born again unto salvation. What that means is the Bible says that those that endure till the end shall be saved. The Bible says to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. He says we will receive our inheritance of salvation when he comes at the end. And so he says you must be born again unto salvation. And I was and people are always said, well, you know, once saved, always saved, blah, 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 blah. Well, that makes no logical sense when you realize that you're not truly saved until you hear the gate click behind you when you get into heaven. That's the inheritance is your salvation. You are born again to receive salvation. And so in other words, I explained it to this guy and he was arguing with me and he, he gave I gave 45 to 50 scriptures to his zero. And um and he was just saying, that's stupid, that's stupid. But I was explaining to him, he was I was saying, look, when I'm not I am not um born again and and I can't prove that I am receiving my salvation by my words. Like I can't go into the grocery store and buy fruit with fruit, with my fruit. I have to get money from someone. Someone has to give me the money to buy it. A perversion. And then I have to give go pay for it. And then I bring back the fruit, and the fruit that I have is proof that a transaction was made. And that's how it is with God. I didn't buy my salvation with the fruit. The fruit is the proof that somebody bought me something, and I have a proof of it. So we have to have a proof that we've been born again, and that is the fruit of the Spirit in our life, that we've been born of the Spirit. And Paul said it like this. I will show you my faith by my works. He says, some people say that I'm, I'm, I'm saved by faith. And some people say, oh, I'm saved by good works. And Paul says, I'm saved 
to do good works. In other words, when God, as Gentiles, our very nature was enmity and hatred towards God. But when we were given a new spirit, now we're able to do good works. We, we were not good before we got a new spirit. But we get a new spirit so we can do good works. And, and, and I will prove that I was given a new spirit by my good works, is what Paul says. And so when people say, Paul says plainly, I will prove that I've been born again by my works. That's the proof. And he said, faith alone can't do it. Faith without works is dead. People cannot comprehend that because they're like, we're saved by faith, we're saved by faith. We're saved by faith in order to do good works. But if we've been born again, then it will be proven by our good works. It's like if I pray for somebody to, if, I don't, if I'm missing a leg and I go up and I ask for healing, then the, I can't just go and sit down and my leg not be grown back and say, oh, I received it. If, if, if God did it, then I'm going to see the evidence of it. And the evidence we've been born again is that we're going to have a new nature. And that new nature is going to make us want to do good works and live a, a holy life because he makes it possible for us to do it now. But then he tells us that then we walk out the salvation. We continue to do it. And, and you gave the example of the children of Israel, Hebrews tells that story exactly and it talks about backsliding in it and it says plainly let's look at the children of Israel he says and who was it that wasn't allowed to enter the promised land wasn't it the same ones that God delivered out of Egypt and sin he said but then they didn't continue on so they were not allowed to make it into the promise that they were told to get and they ended up dying in the desert because they didn't keep it and he goes on to say that he was like so don't you know even more now that even if God brings us out of sin if we don't continue to live for him then we won't receive our promise either and i told him i said egypt represents getting born again they got they got they came out of the bondage and us walking out our salvation is a comparison to them walking through the desert mm -hmm. and then us receiving the prize represents them getting into the promised land and a lot of people they don't comprehend that because years ago the church began to say saved all the time instead of born again born again completely quit being sad and they began to say saved. Well, you know what that did? That one little thing changed the whole way that people comprehended what it truly meant to be born again. Because then they thought as soon as they said a prayer, they were already saved. Mm -hmm. And they didn't realize that our salvation comes through walking out what we were born again to become. And that we become born again so that we get a fresh start and we're able to do it. It's like before, there was no, Paul said it like this, I, what I want to do, I can't end up doing. And what I don't want to do, I end up doing. And and people always stop there and they say, well, that's why, that's why I, can't, I sin all the time. And nobody can get do without sin. But they don't read where Paul finishes the statement where Paul says, but now thanks to Jesus Christ, I'm no longer a slave to that sinful nature. We were before we were born again. What we wanted to do, we never ended up doing, and what we and what we didn't want to do, we always messed up doing. But then, when we got His nature and His Spirit in us, now we're no longer slaves to that sinful nature. Now we can actually follow through into our salvation. We Which can you, actually get to where mm -hmm. we were going in the beginning. There's also a mental bondage that goes along with physical bondage. I mean, you think about it from a point, like I said, the Hebrews, you know, they were they were in slavery for 400 years. And I mean, that's several generations of ingrained bondage. That, mm -hmm. I mean, what happens when all you know is bondage? 
and all of a sudden you're free. What do you do with that freedom? Now, you, you know what? That's a good point. You don't know what to do with it. You don't know. I mean, there's a learning curve to People it. People get stuck yeah. in the paradigm of being bound. That's, and it, it's an addiction, just like anger. Anger can, <clears throat> and I trust me, I've been through it. I've been delivered from it, but it's... I mean, I've got I've got post-traumatic stress disorder, and it's an everyday battle that you never get over. You just it's every day's a new day. You got to get that healed, man. It is that um, um, I didn't I I didn't have it from the same reason you had. I had it from going through stuff that my kids went through in an abusive um, marriage. But I had it, and it's a trauma that takes place in your emotions and in your mm-hmm. mind, and it has to be healed by God. And I've prayed for people, and God has shown me where trauma will literally change the way your brain looks. The chemistry. Even on a brain scan and everything. Mm-hmm. And God has showed me how to pray for people for healing for your brain because God says when he delivered the man in Mark chapter 5, he says that he was then in his right mind. He He gave them the mind of Christ. And so God can erase the trauma. Mm-hmm. And, and I did a whole study here at our church on trauma, healing yourself from trauma. And, and and what it does to the brain. I, I, I put the science in with the spiritual, and I showed what trauma does to a brain. And then I talked about how God reverses what the enemy does into our brain, and he erases it, and he heals wounds that are deep, deep-rooted. And he can actually heal PTSD mm-hmm. because he's done it, um, and, and which that causes anxiety, the PTSD. But I want to make a point on, on what I just did. I don't know if anybody caught it. Yeah. But we were talking about how your words are a double-edged sword and you have to not speak blessing. Did you catch what I said? Yeah, that you would never get rid of it? No, that I had it. Yeah. I spoke it over myself. Yeah. Just now, sitting right here, right after I mentioned that, I told you that my execution's not flawless. It's a, I mean, it's something you have to stay it on. It trained in your mind. It trained but in your mind. But it's mouth. something, it's just, I mean, it's not, you know, one step backwards, two steps forwards. Well, yeah. there's a verse that comes to my mind, Deuteronomy 3, 2, where God told Israel, You've gone around this mountain long enough. Oh, yeah, that's a good one, buddy. How often? You know, it's time It's time to quit going around the same mountain, right. the same problems, the, the same soul wounds That'll that you're preach, talking man. about, and, and get healing over that. That'll well, you, preach. Well, you mentioned, you mentioned, I think it was a day or two ago, how, and I don't remember how you put it, but you said something, and I've, I've kind of, in a much wordier way, uh, came to the same conclusion how, you know, it's, what was it you said? It's it's impossible to sell your soul because it's not yours to sell. Oh, that we, yeah, Paul said in Corinthians that uh, we are the temple of God. And I heard somebody talking about selling their soul, and I said, well, the Bible says that we don't own ourselves. Right. We belong to God. But see, oh, go ahead, I'm sorry. So, you know, so it's like you don't really sell it anyway. You just you just you just throwing it away. Yeah, right, right. You but, you throwing it away. You ain't getting nothing but right. mass from it. But anyway. nine tenths. A lot of times, the part that I think sticks is you can be delivered. But the part that is the hard for me personally, and from what I've observed of other people, I've always kind of just it's been a people change. watcher. It's with well, the mind change, but it it forgiveness. It all comes back to forgiveness. You know, but if you're not your own, then I believe, you know, when God talks about how forgive them and you'll be forgiven, I would think that would apply to yourself as well. If there's things that you cannot forgive yourself for, that is just as important, not well, only that, for your own health, oh but Lord, yeah, yes. that could be a own, bondage. That's a bondage. If you cannot forgive yourself, you, then Satan can use that as a bondage. And, and we know an individual that um, has allowed unforgiveness toward other people. 
that that has a root opened, of bitterness. Right, root of bitterness. That has opened a door letting in a lot of other spirits. Sickness. Man, right. sickness comes bad with that. Right. Because a lot of these spirits work in collusion with each other. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you, you let the spirit of unforgiveness in. Well, that can lead to... Uh, bitterness, bitterness, anger, anger, yeah. to hate, hate to yeah. murder. And fear and, okay. and jealousy grows. and uh, all of these others. And, and, and don't think they don't use psychological warfare as well as physical Psychological warfare is the worst. Well, I mean, think about how many times that we go through our life and we, we, we live through specific circumstances that we seem to form a belief system around. And then that starts a vicious cycle of... You just having your beliefs reinforced by what you're seeing in front of yourself, and there's just it's a chicken or egg thing. I mean, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Well, when it reinforces the chicken, the chicken definitely came first. first. Yeah, it did. It did. (laughs) But when Paul talked about uh, the strongholds in Second Corinthians ten three through five, come on, Jack Ben Hippie. One of (laughs) one of the definitions that that we can apply to that is wrong thought patterns. Right. I mean, there's a lot of other things also, but that's, you mentioned Having that. the mind of an overcomer, basically. You know, if, you, if you're listening, you know what we're talking about. We're, we're trying to say, is this contagion real? Yes, it's real. Is, 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 does it make people sick? Yes. Um, but is the spiritual warfare and the warfare of the mind and, and, the, and, the, and the fear that the enemy has brought from it, is it the main and the worst culprit? Yes, I believe so. It is the fear and what people are telling you in your mind. It's like if you go to the doctor, the Bible says, whose report will you believe? You know, we'll believe the report of the Lord. If you, if, if the, the, even the very thought of somebody saying cancer, you're like, oh God, I got cancer. If fear comes over you, it's crazy how the fear of a word can make you so scared. The word cancer, the word of contagion um certain words you know if you go to the doctor and they tell you that you got strep throat if you got the flu you don't think nothing of it um and the flu is another respiratory infection and believe it or not it kills a lot of people yearly but you don't get fearful when they tell you that but what they say certain words that one word brings fear to you and here's what we've got to realize is the bible says that everything on heaven and earth has to bow to one word, and that's the name of Jesus. Jesus. If if we would realize that no matter what it is, that if you are serving God and you have put yourself in the hands of God and you are uh, living your life to please God, and he's not just been a savior to you, but he's become Lord of your life. That's a big difference uh, is everybody wants a savior, but nobody wants a king. Um, they and, and if and you don't get one or the other, you have to take both. He becomes your savior so that he can become your king. And if you choose to say, God, I want you to forgive me of my sins, but then I'm not going to serve you, well, then guess what? You didn't get the fullness of your salvation because you are, you are born again, so that you can serve him. And if you don't serve him, then you're then then the faith of that works is now dead. You 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 were the whole reason you were supposed to be asking for that was that so that you could serve him. And so, you know, it all comes down to the fact of understanding and I wish, I so wish that I could explain to people what it truly means to be born again, because that is the the great deception. The great deception happened years ago 
when we quit saying the word born again and we started telling people that being um, saved was asking God to forgive you. So forgiveness is only one part of the salvation process. You get forgiven, then you get justified, just as if you'd never sinned. You get all the sins. He don't just band-aid you. He don't see you sick with sin and say, I forgive you for being a sick sinner. That would be like if, if Jesus walked in here today and I was dying of a disease and Jesus walked up to me and say, I forgive you for having this disease. Here's and then he leaves me still diseased, then that don't sound like Jesus at all. But God don't come in here and just forgive us of our sins. He removes our sins. He heals our sins. And pray with authority. Yes, and and they what happens is they took that away from us. What we don't even realize is we are living in a day and time where they have regressed us back to the Old Testament. Because in the Old Testament, they were given forgiveness for their sins, but they never got free of their sins. They made a sacrifice, and that sacrifice made it to where God forgave. But they never got delivered. They never got free from their bad uh, nature. They never got free from their conscience. Jesus came so that we could get free from the curse of sin. Not just to be forgiven, to be free from the curse of sin. And people do not realize that. And the enemy wants to come in. And and we know that, I know that y'all know because you wrote a book about um, uh, curses and demonic spirits and breaking them, that for sinners, it says to the third and fourth generation, that there will be a curse that can stay on your family. And we are, as Gentiles, there the, 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 the curse continues on because, you know, third or fourth generation, well, then by the third and fourth generation, they're still sinning. So it goes to the next generations right. and the next generations. But even with this Gentile bloodline, it's been diminished through the years. But as in the days of Noah, they're going to begin to try to put in this gene manipulation to cause it, because in the days of Noah, what does it say? It says that people's minds were continually upon evil. So what did the gene, what did that Gentile gene, that demonic gene mutation do to people? It made them crazy. It messed with their minds. It made their minds continually be upon evil. Nothing, Everything they thought about day and night was, was bad, messed up. That's what they're trying to do to us today. As they're put, what is going to happen? I've heard people say, you know, what do you think? about the them messing with the DNA and all this stuff. I think that there's not a chance in the world that I'm letting anybody mess with my book of life. Uh, Jesus is the only one that was allowed to mess with it when I was born again. He came in and gave me a new DNA. He gave he put my name in the Lamb's book of life so that now my DNA began to be like his DNA. And then he continues that through Which by the way, you mentioned currency earlier. That blood is a type of currency. Oh yeah. Which goes he, back he to the it. DNA being important lineage, all of that is mentioned over and over and over and over throughout the Bible. You Have you ever looked at yourself in the mirror or heard yourself say something and you think, man, I sound just like so-and-so in my family. And then, you know, if it's somebody that you that you, that you you don't want, you're like, God, I hate that about myself. I don't want to do that. You know, that's where I began before I even wrote the book that I wrote, The Seed War, about DNA and the DNA of the Antichrist, the DNA of God's people is is one day I was sitting there and I was like, I don't want my kids to have the generational curses that I've seen on some of my family members. I don't like that. I don't like the traits. And so I began to say, God, I don't know what you need to do, but I, I want you to change their traits. I don't want them to, to carry on this this lineage. I want you to show me how to change it. And so then one day um, while I was praying, actually casting um, demonic spirits out of a guy, I saw DNA in front of my face. I could see it visually 
in front of my face and God spoke to me and he said this word, he said demonic DNA. And I was like, what is, what do you, what does that mean? And that started me on a four year journey of, 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 of studying DNA and studying the word of God and understanding what it truly meant to have your DNA mess with and to be born again. And that's why don't take a chance with anybody right. messing with your DNA. That is literally by science called your book of life. But the scientists call it the book of life. And the Bible talks about a marker, um, you know, the mark of the beast. Um, I don't know if you realize or not, but there, anytime you mess with your DNA, it's called genetic markers. Don't let them mess with your book of life and put a mark in it. That's why he says their names were not found in the Lamb's book of life unless you're born again. The Bible is the story of Jesus Christ, his ancestors, where he came from, everything about them from the beginning to the end, and then the revelation is the unveiling of who he is. This is, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. This is the written DNA of God. If you if you look up DNA, science will tell you it's a book of life, and they will tell you it is a book of everything about who you are and where you came from. This is what this is. This is the book of God. So he breathes his spirit into us when we become born again and we get a new spirit. And then we take his word and we put it into us and it begins to continue the transformation of our DNA. The word and the spirit agree. They come together. So he breathes his spirit into us. That gives us a brand new spirit. Then how do we change our soul, our mind, our will, and our emotions? Because they've not been born again yet. Our spirit has been, but our soul exactly. is still evil. This makes your soul born again. You have to make the spirit becomes born again when he breathes a new spirit into you, when you're filled with the spirit. And then you put the word of God in you, and that begins to wash your mind and transform your mind. So now our DNA has been changed and our mind has been changed. And there is a mental change that takes place. Just your just your state of mind will change. I mean, 100%. I know mine did. Lord, mine's changed. I don't even know the person that I was before God changed me. And for me, it was less than a year ago that I actually it finally clicked. I know. Well, here's the thing. I began I began preaching the gospel when I was 10 years old. I was filled with the Holy Spirit. I began preaching the gospel when I was a kid. But And for a short season there, I got away from God. Um, but God pulled me back quick, thank God, for, for legacy and generational blessings. But all the years I've taught on what it meant to be born again, it didn't click with me to the depth right. that it's clicked with me until I begin to study DNA. Well, that's kind of what I meant. I've always been in church. He kept me in church growing up, and I had heard the story over and over. Yeah, 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 been there, done that. But then mm -hmm. one night... I started really thinking about it and putting myself in Jesus's shoes and what he was, you know, what he went through for that. And, and it, it was like a, I, I owe him kind of, feel, yes. you know, and when you ask for forgiveness for the things you've done, you know, it's one thing to say, God, forgive me for whatever. But when you admit the things, I mean, it's almost like a conviction comes over you and you don't want to look him in the eye because you're ashamed when you admit the things that you are ashamed of the things that you that scare the, you to death the things mm -hmm. that, I mean when you finally put it out there and you just let it go which is all he asks in the first place is just let it go and the great thing about that is is this why I tell people a lot of the things that people do 
is because they have, because demonic spirits have control of them. And so when you get deliverance, you didn't do those things. Mm-hmm. It, it was something else inside of you. And, and, and you may say, oh, that's crazy. Well, that's funny because Paul says that. He said it's the sin that lived within you that did that. Paul says, it wasn't me that did these things. It was the sin that lived within me that did these things. Mm -hmm. And so it's easy to forgive yourself for your past when you realize that it wasn't you anyway. You were taken over. You know, um, it reminds me of the movie Alien Body Snatchers. Um, You (laughs) know, that wasn't you. That, that That person was took over and you did things. That's why Paul says it like this. He said, the things... I did things that I would I was ashamed of, and, and, and he's talking to the the church, and he says, you know, those were times where you did things that that you're now ashamed of because you're thinking, man, that's not even something I would have normally done. Like that don't even sound like me. Like because now you you actually know yourself because now you, those things once those things are broken off of you and gone, you get to really find out who you are. And you realize that you were being ran. And that's what people don't realize. You're going to be run by somebody. It's either going to be by the enemy or you're just going to either be by God. You can either give God total control and say, God, I want my will to be your will now. I want you to take over. And I, not I now, but Christ that lives within me. Or you can let the enemy. It, it's your it's your choice who you submit to, but you're going to submit to somebody. And everybody that's like, I'll do what I want to do. No, you won't. You're either going to do what the enemy wants you to do or you're going to do what God wants you to do because we don't run ourselves. We, we, are, we, are, we were created to be connected to somebody that we follow. We, we were, that's why he calls us sheep. Sheep don't run themselves. Sheep have to have a shepherd. And your shepherd's either going to be God or your shepherd's going to be the enemy. And it depends on whose voice you listen to, which shepherds you choose to have. And one of them is a good shepherd. And Zechariah talks about the bad shepherd, which, you know, ends up being the Antichrist um, that leads the, the, the sheep astray and messes them up. But, um, Gage, you have... Um, you, have to be, you have to be aware of traps, too. I mean, there's... Even for a, a born-again believer, there's... I think we're living in a bunch of traps right now. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, we were talking about forgiving yourself. And I, I mean, for me, it's very important to hold, you know, is, is somebody holding you accountable is great, but to have a, a conviction to hold yourself accountable when nobody's there to. Yeah. But with somebody that has anxiety problems, I want to make it a point, too, that there's also a perversion to conviction, and that's beating yourself, never, never letting it go. Because I didn't realize this going into it. I mean, I still struggle with the fact that, you know, there's certain people throughout my life, and I, I, my mother's passed away, so I'll just say, you know, my mother would constantly in the back, and I can still hear her in the back of my mind, you know, you're a grown man, you, you know. Um, it's very easy to go to start out holding yourself accountable for your mistakes and then let it turn into bashing yourself in the head and never letting it go and just self-hate because you just can't seem to get past a stronghold in your life. Well, I think that's the reason a lot of Christians um, and people that are believers go through that is because no one told them that sometimes they may need to be set free. They think, oh, well, I ask God to forgive me or I've become born again. Um, but they don't realize that there is there sometimes there is deeper things that need to be you need to be set free from, and so they consider themselves weak. They think I'm weak. Well, you're not weak. You've got a chain around your leg, and every time you take a few steps, you get pulled back until that chain's cut. Mm-hmm. And they don't realize that you can't you cannot 
be free to do what you want to do for God until some of these things are broken off of your life. And um, and so it's and it's not that anybody's strong, and I always use this example because it's the best example I know to do. I, I don't have a problem anymore with sin, and people get so mad and they hate when I say that, but I'm not going to pretend that I do to make everybody else feel like that, that um, to, to sound less humble. I don't, I don't struggle with sin. I struggle with people, yeah. but I don't struggle with sin anymore. I don't even have a desire to sin. Sin mm-hmm. makes me sick. I can't stand it. I don't like anything about the things that I used to like anymore. And, and people, they find that hard to believe. But the fact of the matter is, is it's true. Your, my grandpa used to always say, your want to, he'll make your want to's change. He'll make you want to walk right, talk right, and spit wide. That's what my papa used to say. Uh, and it's the truth. And I've told people, if I, it's not that I'm so strong or I have this great strength that other people don't have and other people are weak. Because if you put a piece of chocolate cake in front of my face, it's, I'm going to might try not to eat it, but I'm going to give in. Right. And eventually I'm going to eat that piece of chocolate cake. Even if I tell myself that I'm going to start a diet, I, I'm still going to give it in eating that cake. Well, Jesus said, "Better to cut, you know, to pluck out your eye if it causes you to sin." Right. You well, I, I can't, I, I can't pluck out. <laughs> right. That uh, but but the difference is that people don't realize is this: what if my taste buds changed, and suddenly mm-hmm. every time I took a bite of chocolate cake, it tasted disgusting. Then I would have no problem saying no to it because I wouldn't like it anymore. And that's what being born again and delivered does for you is it takes something that once drew you and you had to have and it gives you a complete disgust for it because you have a new nature. And now I don't have to be a slave to my sinful nature anymore because now I'm changed and what I used to like, now I don't like anymore. So it's not that I'm stronger it's that I just don't desire the things anymore. And, and I, he gave me his desires. He gave me his wants. And what makes him happy now makes me happy. And that's what people don't tell people. They don't teach people is that if you're still struggling, it's not because you're weak. It's because you haven't got deliverance from that part of your nature. Mm-hmm. And God can come in and we can pray and break that. And then suddenly you hate it. And suddenly you just, God don't expect you just to say no to everything that you just have, you want so bad and defied it. I, I want to say if, those that are that are watched this later, those that are listening now, if there's something you cannot seem to stop doing that's got a stronghold on your life, and you want to live right, and you know that the Lord is coming soon, and you're seeing the signs of the time, but you can't seem to break a habit, so it, you always end up failing. Like Paul talked about that he was at one time. I want to tell you that there is deliverance in Jesus Christ. You don't have to fight those sins. You can get prayed Mm -hmm. for and those things cast off of you and out of you and you're free. And you don't have to struggle. It hurts me and it drives me crazy when I see people struggling with the same things over and over again because they don't realize that there's freedom. That, that Jesus did not come just to forgive you of your sins. Jesus came to set the captive free. He came to set you free from your sinful nature. Mm-hmm. And it is possible to be able to live right with ease. And I don't know why that is shunned and frowned upon. And I've been told that we're religious. Well, call me religious, call me what you want to, but I call myself free 
I, I'm no longer a slave to my sinful nature. And if I'm religious, Paul's religious because he said the same thing. I don't have to be a slave to sin any longer. Um, and it's not because I suddenly got super strong. It's because I suddenly had no desire for it. Mm-hmm. I don't like the same music I used to like. Mm-hmm. I don't like the same television things I used to like. Uh, I, I've talked to a lot of men that have been delivered from pornography, and they'll say, man, I can remember when I used to watch it all the time, and now it disgusts me. Mm-hmm. Just the thought of it makes me sick at my stomach. It changes. your What you want changes, and your nature changes. Why does it happen for some and not happen for others? Faith. Mm-hmm. How will they know, Romans 10, 15, unless somebody tells them? Preachers are not telling people that God can deliver you. They're telling people that God can forgive you. And people believe by what they hear. So what are people expecting God to do? Forgive them. They're expecting God to forgive them for being addicted. They're expecting God to forgive them for being perverted. They're expecting God for, to forgive them for be, being full of anger. And, but they're not expecting God to take away it because the preachers aren't telling them that God can right. take it away. They're just telling them that God will forgive for it. Mm-hmm. So you don't have faith for it, so you're not expecting it. But I'm here to tell you God will is not going to see you angry, lustful, and addicted and just say, okay, I forgive you. He's going to deliver you from right. it mm-hmm. because he can. Mm-hmm. Why would he not? Why would he see you struggling and sit there and watch you struggle and say, God, I want to make it to heaven so bad. I want to make it to heaven so bad, but I can't stop doing this. And God say, well, you're just going to have to struggle and you might get in and you might not. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's going to take the sins away from you and set you free from it. He's like, good luck, buddy. <laughs> yeah, good luck, buddy. Yeah. Just keep on struggling. Yeah. I'll see you mm-hmm. there if you there. make it. <laughs> And you know, here's a towel, wipe yourself off, and just here's a out. tissue for yeah. your issue. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And you know, Paul said, "Confess our faults one to another, that we may be healed." Mm. Well, I, th- I believe another thing too is that you see a lot of people that they want to keep it a secret. Yep. They don't want to go to somebody oh, for no. help and confess it. Yeah, well, that's the American—that's that's a lot of the American church's fault. The right. way that they're structured, exactly. It's not the way it was right. back in the in Book of Acts. It's not the way it was in the Bible. We're, we've not structured ourselves. What was it? Two, three three hundred A.D. Mm-hmm. The Catholic Church took over, and, and yeah, I mean, I have no idea. I cannot remember the exact date. I remember You're that. young. Your brain's young. But uh, long story short, we we follow the structure for quite some time that's mm-hmm. just not correct and well, it, it transferred over yeah. into we're getting we're we're getting close to the end of our time but i gotta say this we've got to come back and let's talk about the fact that the whole structure of the church is all messed up anyway mm-hmm. the church structure is so bad we never completely came out of roman catholicism that's just facts we right. did not we are st- we still the church world and people don't like this and we 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 talked about it one um, podcast a little bit and we had a few people actually say man I didn't know that and they listened they don't want to let go of paganism mm-hmm. man right. paganism it's like they love it they do we do not want to let go of our pagan practices we don't want to let, release them but the closer we get to the end of time I'm telling you right now the Bible says in Proverbs don't say that I didn't know because God knows you knew. The closer we get to the end, God is, to those that have ears to hear, God is convicting and he is beginning to speak to his body, his bride, and telling us to clean our, our actions up. Because I've met different people between meeting Nathan and, and, and different people that God is speaking to on the exact same things that he was speaking to me about, um, about our pagan practices that we like. 
like I'm gonna have to get on Easter again and say it. It's just it disgusts me at this point. I'm now I'm at the place to where I can't believe that we were ever that deceived. That how does God feel when He sees all of these churches that have uh, the goddess of sexual perversion and liberty, of sexual libertation and all that, um, posted all over their church signs. And they would dip the eggs in blood and represent fertility and the, the rabbit of fertility and all that. And, and, they, and he's watching his church participate in pagan practices. Mm-hmm. And I said it before, you know, when I, I struggled at first because I had kids and I was like, man, you know, you don't want to give up um, all of your stuff. And the devil will even tell you the kids will resent you, blah, blah, blah. Well, then God began to speak to me and, and show me. And like I said it before, um, we began to hide golden coins, the chocolate coins that look like golden coins, and, and money. And we did the, the parable of the lost coin with the kids, and we let them hunt, hunt for money and hunt for the go. They like that way better than hunting for eggs, yeah. hunting for money, you know, and chocolate. Um, of course, they're going to like that more. And then you teach them about the parable of the lost uh, coin. And then we decorated cookies and resurrection tomb cookies and stuff like that. That was way more fun than it was before. And then God began to speak to me um, about different things. And and the scripture that God pulled up in my mind was the scripture that says, And why do you forsake the direct commandments of God for for the sake of your own tradition? And once I read that scripture, there was no, there's no pretending mm-hmm. that it's okay to do it. Mm-hmm. He literally says, "Why do you, yeah. why are you forsaking the direct commandments of God for the sake of your own tradition? Like, why has the church covered up the fact that God plainly says, do not have any graven images of anything mm-hmm. under the heavens, above the heavens, in the sea, above the sea, in the sky? He makes it clear." We ain't supposed to have a graven image of anything. And, um, and you know, we went through our house getting rid of images that you think is not that big of a deal, but then you think about, man, how many uh, people that say they're Christians have um, little uh, angels everywhere? Mm-hmm. What is most, every false religion in the world is based off angel worship. If the fallen angels coming down in Genesis 6 became the gods that people worshiped all over the earth. And so you've got these false gods all over your house because that's what they they are. That, um, I mean, like God, and people may say, well, you know, that's being legalistic. Well, no, it's not. It's following the word of God. He, he didn't stutter when he made it clear throughout the word of God not to have any idols. He does not want you to have anything that is a graven image in your home whatsoever. And Gage found a scripture one time that says, and do not have any images of any of the gods that are worshipped in other countries around you. Right. Um, you know, you may not used to may say, well, I'm not worshipping that. Well, it don't matter if you're worshipping it. It's still an image of a god that you're not supposed to have. America itself is covered up in the goddess of Easter, Estereth, Issachar, Christmas Liberty. Too. Christmas yeah. too. We, what we call them Satan clauses. I mean, you, yeah, he really is Satan idolatry, idolatry being what it is. He's you are, Odin. You are going to a man and praying to him to bring you gifts. A magic, a magic man. You're going to him praying for gifts. That saves you when you're sleeping. And well, there's only one thing that come out of Easter that's good, in my opinion. You want to know the what it is? Cadbury cream eggs. No. The Reese well, that eggs. doesn't hurt. The Reese <laughs> eggs. Yes. Yeah. Somebody asked me one day, they were like, can the we at least still eat the cranberry cream eggs? <laughs> <laughs> I was now like, they, uh, I was Now like, they've got the football shaped ones. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah we'll have to get, uh, then we'll have to get there. That, I mean, but that's another thing. It's like, um, <coughs> and, uh, um, we didn't get to it good this week, but we were talking about worshiping. 
things. And, and I looked up all the different scriptures in the Bible that talks about worship because people are always like, well, you got to worship the Antichrist if it's the mark. The Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says people will be deceived into receiving it. And then it says after people have gotten it, then towards the end of Revelation, it talks about then those people that had received it. And, and it says those that received the mark and those that worshiped the beast and his image, those are the ones that got in trouble. But it didn't say that they had to worship him to get the mark. It says that those that received the mark and those that worship the beast in his image. But worship is not all bowing. We worship God by giving in our tithes and our offerings, by giving money. We worship God um, through um, uh, um, different ways. I was looking up different words and stuff that meant worship. And one of the main words, and the word, the word for worship in Revelations is, is a dog licks. It literally, it is the word like a dog that licks their master or follows their master around wanting them to feed them. How many people do that to the government? Mm -hmm. They already do that. They follow the government around <coughs> waiting for them to give them something. Oh, yeah. and, 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 and how many of those act like that? And I'm sorry, this is politically incorrect, but for Trump, I mean, I've seen people literally run around panting for him like, like he's the savior of the world. Mm -hmm. That is a form of worship. And it's dangerous. Yeah, gift, yeah. gifting. Yeah, they're putting him in a bad place. Mm -hmm. Gifting uh, people is a form of worship. And then this is something that um, is very politically incorrect, but I'm throwing it out there anyway. One of the words for worship is, 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 is a pledge of allegiance. And I looked up the word, is pledging your allegiance to something. Which taking the mark would be a form of worship because you're actually pledging, pledging allegiance your allegiance to the, to the beast. Yeah, to the beast system too. Mm -hmm. And so we th we got to think about this. We have been programmed from the time that we were children to pledge our allegiance to a government and a government thing, an image of that government. Mm -hmm. We stand and we pledge an allegiance to the image of a government, to a flag that represents the government of our country and what our country stands for. So are we pledging our allegiance to a flag or to the country that the flag represents? So that is an image of the country we're pledging our allegiance to. And that is a form of worship, to pledge your allegiance. And we have been indoctrinated from the time we were little bitty children to stand up and say, I pledge our, my allegiance to the flag. And somebody say, oh my God, you're being you're being anti-patriotic. And, 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 and let me tell you something. Uh, we were talking about it before. My grandfather uh, was a uh, Pentecostal holiness uh, pastor. He was also a war hero. Um, he he saved a whole he saved a whole like a whole battle because he saw the enemy coming from afar and went and told his commander and it caused him to win the whole battle and he ended up um, and so uh, I respect the men and the women that have given their lives for our country because they're innocent and everything but I also know that our country is not exactly and our forefathers were not exactly what people had been taught that they were that they were master masons and they were. Uh, into this a big thing, and just because it says in God, we need to re we need to go back and look at what God they worshipped, right. because it is not the God of Jesus Christ. Yeah. If they were worshiping Jesus Christ, it would say Jesus Christ. They wouldn't just say the God. Yeah. It's the God they worshipped was the God Baphomet. That is the God that they worshipped. By name, uh, by the way. Uh, yes. That so when you you're, so we need to be careful and realize you know. Um, you know, we'll close up with this, but I remember with us, my grandfather um, being Native, having a lot of Native American in him, we would go, he was a pastor of a church, but we would go to Cherokee, North Carolina to visit because he had his little North Carolina Indian card. Um, 
And we would go there to visit. And I remember my mom and my, my mom was a minister too. And my grandmother and my whole family were in ministry. But I remember they started praying to the great spirit and God. And I bowed my head. My mother elbowed me. And mother said, you don't know what God they're praying to. And she said, don't you bow your head unless they say Jesus. I remember that as a kid. That's because That's actually it's, really good advice. I've never right, even thought about yeah. that. It stood out to me wow. because I thought to myself, oh, you don't know what God people are praying. Because the word God, it, it could be, that's universal for any God. Yeah. There's only one Yeshua, Jesus Christ, that you serve. But there's many gods. And Yahweh, the um, um that so you know just because it says one nation under God, what God? Because right now we have the goddess of Babylon, the great whore Babylon that sits on the seas, mm-hmm. and there's a hundred and thirty-seven of her all over the nation of America. There in other countries, she's not. She, there's a couple of her in, in France, and 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 then maybe one in a couple of other places, and then and the rest of the world does not have her. We're the only nation that has the great whore Babylon covering our whole nation and she sits on top of our capital. She sits right there in New York. She's in Florida. She's in I mean she's everywhere. 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 And, and also we have formed the entire identity of our country around her imagery. Mm-hmm. So bad. It's so bad. And the church world has her up. We worship her. And I wanted to get into it so bad, but her name was Europa in one point too. Um that became the 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 and we'll get into it next week, but yeah. um, that became Europe. Yeah, let's delve deep into the into the the, the paganism yeah. of that stuff. But that. the fact of the matter is, America is drenched on that woman. Mm-hmm. She controls a lot. Also, the 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 steeples that are on churches. We've talked about that before. Are Issachar poles? They are the fertility poles that represents her. So you've got all these churches with her pole on the top of them. And if that offends people, I'm sorry. Google it. Mm-hmm. Look it up. Yep. Um, a staple is an Issachar pole. Um, our churches have her name everywhere uh, on the day of his resurrection. The devil has made a mockery mm-hmm. out of the church. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason that the great whore of Babylon is the false church. Because who are we worshiping? Who, do, who We have her name on the day that we celebrate his resurrection. Mm-hmm. When he defeated death, hell and the grave and our sin... We we come into church and we say her name probably more than we say his name. Mm-hmm. I, we don't here now. Uh, we say resurrection. That's it. Um, but h- how many churches do you go by that is advertising it, saying it? And once you God has opened your eyes to it, it makes you sick. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're like, oh my gosh. How you know? I visited a church not too terribly long ago that we walked in and they had bunnies everywhere. And they had the name, that name everywhere and eggs everywhere. And I literally was like felt nauseous in my mm-hmm. stomach because they were also in the sanctuary. They had things with that name all over it and bunnies and eggs all over the sanctuary. And I was like, oh, and I was like, in the Bible, when they put Dagon in the, in the same place where the Spirit of God is, one of them broke. You know, and it wasn't the spirit of God, um, but you know they're they're sticking that in His sanctuary, mm-hmm. and um, and and then we wonder, and and this is just the truth, why people are so afraid of a virus, because they don't believe God can heal them, because they're not seeing healing taking place in the church, mm-hmm. and they're not seeing healing taking the place in the church, not because God has stopped healing people. 
But because the same reason the Spirit of God left the church during the Dark Ages and the Roman Catholic Ages, when they joined in with paganism, his spirit left. Mm -hmm. And they wrote Ichabod on the wall because his spirit had departed from the place. They're not seeing God, spirits come out of people, and they're not seeing people healed because there's so much paganism in the church. Well, the church exactly. needs to wake up just like you know everybody else. And Jesus promised us a great awakening at some point. Yeah, well, we actually had that already. 1907, 1906 or seven. Mm-hmm. That um, that that in Joel chapter two, it talks about the former and the latter. The former out the outpouring was in Acts chapter two, because Paul, you know, Peter stood up and said, "This is what was spoken of," and then he said, "But there'll be a latter." And then in 1906, the Azusa Street, the Welch revival, and all those popped and see the whole Dark Ages. Um, the Catholic Church, there was no Holy Ghost anymore. Mm-hmm. It left. Um, he was. They were casting out devils, healing the sick, raising the dead. Then it was dark. And then all of a sudden, the Spirit of God poured back out, and that's when the that's when the church ended up becoming the, the um, spreading the gospel out from the world. That's when the Pentecostal um, symbolism of God, churches of God, all those were birthed was from that Azusa Street revival, which set us on to the 19th century, where where um, Israel became a nation and we became the last generation church. And, and he says, before the last days, I'll pour out my spirit. The former and the latter. That was the latter rain, great awakening, that that took place. And um, I'm glad you said that because a lot of people are still looking for that, and they don't. And it's because it's another thing is it's not being taught. Mm-hmm. The only reason I know is because you you learn church history when you go through Bible college and all that to um, to be ordained as a minister. You have to go through the history of the church, and then you realize why is everybody speaking about a great awakening when the great awakening's already happened? We we now in the Laodicea we're on the next step because he says there'll be a great awakening, then there'll be a great falling away. The great awakening took place. Now we're in the great falling away, and he comes during the great falling away. And but they don't tell people that preachers don't teach. Well, I had never heard that before. Yeah, preachers will because they're not preaching it because I don't think they want to believe that they're the Laodicean church. But we are. I mean, one hundred percent, we're the Laodicean church. They they want to still think. I think a lot of it's because they want to be. We hear that the old uh, preachers Smith Wigglesworth and uh, Lester Summerall and. And all of the preachers that, did, you know, ran and did these great tent revivals and people were healed and delivered and, you know, miracles all the time. And they want that to happen because they want it for themselves because they think, oh, I'm going to be the next one. But we're in a time period right now where there's not going to be a superstar. He's going to be the next superstar. Mm-hmm. There, the, the time of superstar evangelist is over. Mm-hmm. And we're at the time now of purifying a bride. A remnant is going to get purified. And God's sick of superstars. There's mm-hmm. not going to be somebody that runs around and punches people. And so God heals people here all the time. Well, the next superstar is going to be... Uh... Well, the, the Antichrist. Really bad. Well, well, he's not really a superstar. No, well, no. Well, he is a star mm-hmm. as far as the Bible no. goes. Okay, he's a false superstar. There he's an go. anti superstar. If he and he'll be here for a short. He's season. not a big bad. He is the like big that. bad. Yeah. <laughs> that, um, but anyway, next week we'll um, talk about. And if there's anything we did not mention tonight that you would like to hear about or you have questions about, write us, tell us, um, and so and say, look, I'm, I've got some questions about this. Could y'all answer it? And we will be glad to do that. Yeah, we're going to up our game. As shout out as... to Josh Martin, my new pupil. He told me to give him a shout, shout out. I've been teaching him the Bible online. There you go. Sup, Josh. Sup, Josh. Hey, uh, as far as 
liking, reposting, commenting, anything and everything that you do to these videos helps to promote it and get the word out. And in a way, you're doing by spreading the word. You're you're doing spreading what God the told word. you to do. Spread the word. So spread the word. Like, share, comment. Put it on your feed. Let us know. Comment, 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 because we love the interaction during live shows. Just uh, you know, do more. All right. Have a great uh, week, more. and uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs> Have a a good one.